Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olson, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. My guest today is Alain Visser, CEO of Link Co., the Swedish-Chinese car company that's not a car company. Link Co., a brand closely associated with Volvo, seeks to reinvent the way we see mobility. For Alain Visser, who spent his entire career in the car industry, it's a way to finally bring to life his ideas on how to transform an outdated and stagnant industry. In this episode, Alain talks about the importance of offering mobility rather than a car, why the Lincoln Co. vehicles only come in two colors, and how their new concept, the club, aims to change the automotive retail experience. For Scandinavian Mind, covering the evolution of mobility is one of our core editorial missions, and I had a great time doing this interview. In other news, Scandinavian Mind is now on Clubhouse. The hyped social media app is one of the most fascinating new platforms for enabling conversations, and from now on we will do an open Scandinavian Mind room every Friday afternoon. So join us in our ongoing conversation about how to bring about change in the worlds of lifestyle and tech. Be sure to sign up to our newsletter to learn more about this week's guests and other info. Visit scandinavianmind.com newsletter. Here now, my conversation with Alain Visser. Enjoy. Okay, I'm here with Alain Visser, CEO of Link Co. Alain, thank you so much for speaking to me today. Great, it's a pleasure. So we're going to talk about mobility, uh, the future of mobility, where we are in terms of getting people around. I think this is a very exciting uh, subject. It's something that we really uh, are, are uh, covering at Scandinavian Mind. And I know Lincoln Co. is, is a new concept. Um, it's been around for a little while, but you're really sort of uh, uh, getting it out there right now. Uh, and you talk about yourself as sort of a membership company, a mobility company, uh, rather than a traditional car company. So I want to so go, I want to go back to sort of the beginning when creating this new brand, because I'm sure you did a lot of research, you did a lot of observations uh, in the marketplace. You saw there was a change in behavior because otherwise you wouldn't have done this uh, so differently than a, than a traditional car brand. So what were some of the starting points uh, for, for you guys? Yeah, it's, it's, it's of course, indeed, it's, you're right saying it's a combination of data and observations. And I would almost say it's probably even slightly more observations than data, as weirdly as it sounds. But I spent my entire career, which is quite a long, 34 years in the car industry. And I've always been shocked that when I compare what I was doing the last years with the first years, it wasn't all that different. The mm. car has moved along, but you could even say if you see how the car has evolved over 50 years, it's probably less revolution than, say, a mobile phone or a smartphone in the last five years. And I've been shocked that the, you see an, an, a, the consumer trends are evolving at a pace that we've never seen before. 
and yet this me mega industry is not moving. So I, I've been, I've been yeah, really surprised by the fact that we see an industry standing still from a business case point of view, whereas the consumers are moving along. So we said there must be a different way of doing this. Was, was there a certain point in, in your uh, uh, life where you really saw this happening? Was there like a scene or a situation where you realized, oh, this has to change? Yeah, I, I find it, it, it becomes, you know, you have discussion with friends and it's, I know this is going to sound religious, but it's actually the true when, when I have two sons, 20 and 24, they both don't have a driver's license. I guess they do that partially to revolt against their father's <laughs> past, but it's, it's unfortunately, they are not exceptions. And I, I saw this actually, this study, and which has been for me a bit of a changing point. It's a Cambridge University study that asks first year graduates what is on their top 10 things of things they want. And the car has always been number one or two until I think it was 2012. Mm. And suddenly it's not even on the top 10 list anymore. And you should think that would scare the hell out of the car industry. And what has the car industry done? Make better cars. Whereas I think the problem in this world is not that cars aren't good enough. It's just that mobility isn't good enough. If you see that 30% of European city traffic is people looking for parking space. If you see that 96% of the time the average car in the world is standing still, you thought of thing like, what the hell are we doing? Mm. There is space for something else. And then the second data uh, that I saw is that 10% of European car buyers say they are ready for something radically different than buying or even leasing a car, radically different. And 10%, you may say, well, that's a minority. 10% of all car buyers is a lot of people. So mm. there's like hundreds of brands for the 90% but there's not one single brand for the 10%. So I thought, can we be that brand? Mm. You mentioned your sons who are in, in their 20s and you sort of a, you, you mentioned you saw a shift in sort of the younger uh, generations. Uh, it seems to me that Lincoln Co, uh, you, it's like you, it seems like you targeted that group, right? Or, or at least aimed younger in a way. Yeah, and it's quite, it's a good question because in, interestingly, when we started, we often used the word millennials. And I've always been convinced that if you want to be relevant to a customer group, you need to recruit those. So mm. if you walk, if you would walk around in our company, it's very young. And, and then we found out two things over the last years. One is millennials hate to be called millennials. <laughs> that was the first thing. And secondly, we realized quite soon that it was not a matter of age, but a, men a matter of mentality, of attitude. And what we're seeing now, now that we're live and we're starting to, to run the business online, that those people who are signing up for Lincoln Co are indeed predominantly young people, but we have all age groups. And I think mm. that's important. I think it's a mindset more than, than an age thing. Yeah. And, and look, I, the, the, maybe also coming back to your first question, I think that the car industry was and has always been the mobility industry. Mm. And I've been saying for many years that if the car industry is not careful, there will be two industries, a car industry and a mobility industry. And the car industry will just be a supplier to the mobility industry. And mm. I think that's actually gonna happen now. I don't think people in the future, a lot of people will not buy cars anymore, but they will buy mobility. Uh, and I thought, okay, we have a super good car, but can we be the mobility uh, company with a car rather than just be a car producer? Mm. 
Okay, so that, it's a great segue. So let's get into it. When you started working on the concept, what, what were some of the things you, you wanted to, to do uh, that was different uh, from a car company? Or Yeah, it, it, it was a list of some things. And I think it's actually interesting when people ask me what's the biggest challenge. Our biggest challenge has been that our story is not that brutally simple. Uh, mm. If you say, if you are Tesla, what is Tesla? It's the first electric car buying, right. and that's so simple. What is Link & Co? We're a company that has a car, but we don't really sell cars, we sell mobility. You become a member for a month, you can share your car, and you become a part of a community that does things that we think are relevant. So it's, a, it's not a, the one sentence. So the, the, some of the things we said is one, we don't want to work with franchise dealers because they're out of the cities. And sorry to say, uh, another study that I've seen recently, 30% of car customers prefer to go to a dentist than go to a car dealer. It's <laughs> not a nice statistic, but we, we said there is some truth in there. So we don't want to have dealerships. Secondly is we don't really think that buying a car is necessarily the way of the future, but people want to use a car but not all the time. And three, we think that people, one of the most important trends that we see actually globally, not only Europe, is that there is a, an, an upcoming importance of experience over ownership. Uh, people care more about good experience than over ownership. I, I like to call it a dematerialization. Uh, and that's why also the sharing trend is growing in the world because people even if they own things, they don't mind sharing it with other people. So these were for us the principles of let's build a cool brand with cool mm. experiences, nice, fun stuff with a very high product, uh, high quality product that you don't necessarily need to own, but that, that you can use. And one very important angle that, again, going back to my sons and the religious element of this thing is if my sons ask me, when my sons ask me, what have you been doing for 34 years? The short summary is I've been selling cars and it doesn't give me this warm feeling. Uh, and if you then also see that 96% of the time cars are just parked out there, it's a very unsustainable industry. Mm. And my view was, can I now, I'm 57, at this phase of my career, do something that I feel really good about. And instead of starting something brand new, why can't we do something within the car industry that is truly sustainable? And that is really our underlying strategic uh, ta target, as religious as it may sound, but it truly is. So ex explain to me, uh or, or the listeners, uh, really, because I know now we've been talking for a few, few, a few uh, occasions. So, as a member of Lincoln Co., you get access to a car, and we can get into what that car is. But you get access to the car. You also get access to kind of like a, a platform or a system where, which enables you to rent it out in a very easy, you know, with an app on your phone or something like that. Explain that to me. Yeah, exactly. So you you pay your monthly fee. Uh, and for that fee, you get access to your car. It's actually your car and you decide and everything is included, insurance, maintenance, etc. The only thing you have to pay is, is the electricity or petrol in case you do long distances because we have a hybrid car only. We don't have combustion engine uh, cars. So you pay your monthly fee of access to a car and then we hope and we promote that you share that car as much as possible for two reasons, because every time you share the car, your cost goes down. 
so your your monthly fee goes down which in the beginning in Sweden is 5,500 sec per month and you can actually share it so often that your cost becomes zero or that you can even eventually make a small profit out of it we want that to do it for these reasons one because then cars are better utilized and you create a sustainable footprint and you reduce your costs the way to do that is brutally simple basically in your car we were the only car that has a share button in the car so when you park your car in say the airport you put it on sharing and those people have downloaded the Linkin Co app see your car available if you want it you click it and your phone becomes the key very simple technology we send you a code to your phone with that code you can open the car and drive it and you or you agree on the price with the guy who owns the, the car who has paid the, the monthly fee. And there indeed to your point, we've looked at Airbnb. There's different ways of sharing where we set the price or where the customer set the price. We agreed on the Airbnb model where the customer it is the, who sets the price. It's brutally simple. Our target was it needs to be as easy as sharing a pizza. And mm. we think our, our system is really brutally simple. It sounds uh, simple to use. I would imagine, however, that to develop this, this seems <laughs> this seems to me like the most unique sort of feature in your yeah. thing. I mean, I'm I'm sure you can create like a an app for for a, 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 a just use any car and and you can share the key and, and so forth. But this feature that you're able to just put your your car in sharing mode uh seems to me like like this this is the ip that you're you're sitting on am i right is that has that been the the biggest sort of uh, development of, of this concept it, it's true that it's from in terms of making happen making an idea happen that is the the biggest i would almost say challenge mm -hmm. uh making cars available for only a month is is very different but it's just a decision uh, the lifestyle part that we can maybe discuss in our clubs is something that is very different but the the sharing is the is more is an IT challenge and as mm. in today's world all the ch well the majority of the business challenges are IT driven and so was this one so to set that up has been for us the the biggest challenge how do you make sure that you have an IT infrastructure that can allow that simplicity because indeed if if my IT team would hear me talking to you now, they would say, what? It wasn't this simple at all. For the customer, it will be perceived as very simple, but to right. make it happen, it's been very complex. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, you, you're sitting now in uh, Gothenburg, am I right? Yes, Or outside correct. of Gothenburg? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, in Gothenburg, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, uh, I, I think, no surprise to anyone that Lick Co. is uh, part of Volvo or is a company that grew out of, of Volvo. You share the same uh, car technology or kind of the, the foundation of your car is is a Volvo car. Uh, so, so talk to me about how this sort of grew out of, of Volvo. Yeah, it was actually uh, when the CMA platform was developed, which is the platform that was the basis of the XC40, uh, the, the owner of the company, Geely, a Chinese organization, decided to create a new brand. Uh, I, at that time, and we're talking now end 2015, mm -hmm. uh, saw that as a unique opportunity, they asked me to start to build up a new global brand. And I said, look, the, the world doesn't really need a new car brand. There's plenty of them and all cars are good today. I think I can honestly say that. So but what the world maybe needs is a new mobility brand around the car. 
and that's where it all started. So the technology is indeed shared by, by Volvo cars. It's, it's a car that shares the same technology platform as the XC40, but that's really it. And we will also work together with the Volvo dealers to service our cars, but our customers will never have to go to a dealership because we take care of the service. If your car needs to be serviced, we will contact you and say, when can we pick up your car and you get another car or a voucher of say Uber, for example, as a replacement. But so the technology background is from Volvo, the whole business setup, the branding, the infrastructure is totally independent. But the car indeed is, is, is based on a shared infrastructure. So how, how does the ownership look like? Is it G Geely owns it or Volvo? I'm sure. Yeah, it's, this is so we're 70% owned by, by Geely and 30% by Volvo cars. Mm -hmm. And is this, uh, I mean, so you were able to sort of realize your vision for a new type of mobility company, but is this also, uh, can you can you be so sort of sharp as call it an experiment from Volvo to test a new type of platform or what, what does their relationship well, look like? It's, it's I, I think it's fair to say as, as, as maybe arrogant as it may sound that this has been my dream coming true because I've been walking around with this vision for quite some years mm. and suddenly I could make it happen. So it is, it is really the first time in my career that I do something that I truly 100% believe in. Uh, and I was lucky that the owners saw that as an, I, I think experiment is probably, yeah, it's, it's probably close to the reality. I always call it within the Geely portfolio of brands, Lincoln Co is like the wild horse in the stable because we clearly see the ownership concept is, is evolving and mm. will change. I'm convinced it will change. And we think that this is this is one of the options of how it could look like in the future. That's why we are obviously being watched by a lot of the car competitors and not, not everybody loves us, but changing things doesn't always make you popular, but I think we're doing the right thing. And look, we're not saying all the rest are stupid or doing wrong and we're doing it right. We're just confident enough to say, we think there's enough people out there who are open for something very different. And I think Volvo as well as Geely is very, very carefully looking at us to see how will that evolve? Because we think it is a, a different way of how the car industry can and maybe should evolve. So, um, Alan, you have, a, a, as you mentioned, long background, uh, and you, you called it a long background of selling cars. Maybe we should give the listeners a, a, a brief, uh, What's the sort of two minute version of your career to, to learn how you ended up at this point? Oh, <laughs> well, I've been, uh, I'm 57, I start, I, I'm Belgian, I started uh, at Ford and worked myself up at Ford in different uh, positions. I, I lived in Belgium, in London twice, in Zurich, in Berlin, in Amsterdam. Uh, in Frankfurt and in Göteborg. So I've moved around very often, mm. spent 17 years at Ford and then moved to General Motors where I was the head of sales and marketing for Opel uh, based in Germany and then moved to Volvo where I was the global head of sales and marketing and service for Volvo cars until 2015 when I started this new project. So yeah, I've done, I've sold a lot of cars to mm. summarize it. <laughs> 
And in terms of uh, uh, this sort of insight around the changing market and so forth, I mean, you mentioned your sons and, and some observations, but has this been, and, and you call this your, your, your own personal vision in a way, has this been growing for a longer period of time, even before that? Has there been observation during this sort of long, extensive career that you had that uh, you, you, you've, you've sort of picked up insights along the way uh, where, you, where you feel like things needed to change? Yeah, I, I think I think it would be fair to say that in the last 10, 15 years, uh, so let's say five to 10 years before I started this, there has been for me this growing thing of, this is so strange, We the whole car industry, all the meetings are about the car. Mm. It's all about making cars better. And, and the reality or what is needed out there is maybe something else. I'm not saying that cars shouldn't get better, but I think the the need for mobility to get better is really what is for me the, the key requirement. And and then also building cool brands. I've worked for companies where the brand strength has been a challenge. And I think new generations more than ever before care about brands where they feel comfortable with. And it's for me, it's not premium. I, I hate this notice of premium brands what is a premium brand is it an expensive brand is it the same product is it good to be premium to be expensive for me it's about desirability and trying to become a company a brand that people feel good with and that's what we try to create which goes way beyond the product and that's why we've also created now our clubs mm. so let's let's go into the the lifestyle aspects which uh, which yeah. relates to what you just said and i i think just to uh, if you look at c- the car as a sort of uh, pop cultural element, it was certainly stronger in the 50s, right? It was even even part of youth culture in the 50s with, with uh, you know, James Dean and the likes and even, you know, moving into the 70s with Bruce Springsteen writing songs about cars. But it seems to me like for the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years or so, cars have moved away from pop culture. It's not part of the lifestyle in that regard. Um Perhaps sort of uh, rappers are, are rapping about luxury cars as a sort of a signaling thing, but it's more about success rather than youth culture. Um, there's not a question at the end of this. It's more like an observation. I'm curious to see if you've seen this as well, and because I know you, you are working on sort of lifestyle aspects of, of, of this brand. Yeah, and, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And look, we see a growing trend that, you know, the people always said a car is a reflection of yourself and your car. And mm. and, and, and I, the part of that is probably still true, but it's clearly disappearing. It's it's vanishing. And and I think younger people, and particularly the, the millennials, but also the people with the, our target customer, the new attitude people, they they don't care. It, it's it's It's... And, and look, it's all about, you see the car advertising going from zero to 106 seconds, uh, the torque. When I mentioned torque to my son, he says, that I thought that was a bird. And I said, Simon, that's a stork. They don't care. They, they don't care about these, these technology items right. that we car guys keep on mentioning. So I think you are right that the cars are moving away from the status symbol. Uh, but people still want to be mobile and want to drive a car. So I believe in building a brand and, and creating an emotional link with your customer. But that goes beyond the car. I, I tend to also believe that if you're only driven, in, in our case, for example, where we have a car and we build mobility, if our only offer is a car and a monthly contract, 
then you become vulnerable because people can then copy you and say, okay, we also have a car and it's also monthly. And mm. then which one is cheaper? And I go for the cheaper one. Um, I believe that you need to create an emotional link with your customers. And we do that beyond the car. That's why we've created the clubs. That's why part of our membership, you also get access to say events that we have in our clubs twice a week when COVID is over, hopefully soon, where they get invited to music festivals, opening of new art galleries, new bars, etc. Because we just want to connect with customers beyond the product and the mobility services. So describe that. I, I was uh, I had a chance uh, uh, to have you do a little virtual tour uh, uh, the other week of, of your new uh, uh, showroom slash clubhouse in, in Gothenburg. I think this is uh, an interesting part of your business. It's an ambitious one. And this sort of marrying the, the membership, the sort of mobility uh, functionality, which it's, in a sense it is, with other values, other uh, uh, types of things, such as events and so forth. So describe this sort of uh, uh, showroom or I don't know, what, what do you call the space you have? Club, the, the club. It, it, we call it the club. That's yeah. the club, okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we, we called it a club because we said we're a membership brand more than a car selling brand, even though you can, of course, and we want people also to buy our cars if they want to. But we said, if as we are membership driven, let's call our, 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 uh, our places the clubs. And the club, as you will have seen, is, is everything but a car dealership. Mm. Uh, we agree there will only be one car in each club and it's in a cage. It's not portrayed like a car would normally be with the spot lights on it's in a cage because we call it a bit like our beast uh, it's it's places where people we hope people will hang out whether they are uh, car buyers or not they just think it's a cool place to be we sell things everything in the club is for sale whether it's the carpet the chairs everything has a sustainable angle we really want to push that through the sustainability element you can buy stuff we work with local artists local creators local fashion designers who have something to say we want to offer them a platform for brands that may maybe normally wouldn't have the opportunity to show their their products and we want to organize events in the club you'll see it it really looks like a club has got a cool bar uh, it's 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 we see that we hope people would have the reaction like oh what is that? This is not at all a car, a car dealership. Exactly as f some years ago when we started the name Link and Co, people said, what is that? That's not a car brand. And that's what we continue to want to do. And people are a little bit surprised by the new approach. And so is the club. And we're glad to see the good reactions, despite, of course, the very difficult circumstances with COVID where you cannot utilize your spaces the way you would like to. Right, right. But it, it, so... It, it should be mentioned that it's not just someone who lives nearby a club that can be a member of, of Lincoln Co, right? So you can you can do it right now. It's Sweden. Is it more countries or? or? Yeah, we're, we we uh, in Sweden, we opened our second club three weeks ago. The first mm. one was in Amsterdam mm. and we're going to have clubs in all, uh, let's say, main cities in Europe. So we the next one is going to be in Berlin, Antwerp, Barcelona, Milan. We will, of course, go to Stockholm, which for Sweden, of course, is, is mm. essential. Uh, but indeed, our clubs are open for everybody. We will have specific members events, but we, we don't want to be this type of brand that has the total exclusivity only for members. We, we want to create a desirability, but not to be exclusive in a sense of only for the few. Uh, it needs to be an, an open brand. That's a bit our, our philosophy. We, we don't want to have this 
sorry to say, arrogant touch in the brand. We want it to be very high quality, really good looking, but not for the few only. <laughs> Understood. So uh, I just want to uh, float something by you and see how you react. I mean, to me, it seems like you're, you're kind of, you, you want to sort of blur um, the, 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 the borders between different types of mobility, which I think is fascinating. Okay, obviously we've seen, I mean, you've, you've been around for, for a couple of years now. You're, you're opening up these, these clubs. At the same time, we see uh, another type of, of, of rides taking over the cities, which is the sort of scooter companies, uh, uh, Voy and, and, and Lime and, and so forth, also have this sort of simplicity at the core of, of their offering. Uh, it's a different vehicle, obviously. Um, I'm just curious, do you, do you observe that? Do you look at that at all? Is it uh, in any way similar to what you're trying to create, but you're doing with, with a car? Yeah, it, it, it has similarities. I, I would say the similarities are definitely the simplicity. I'm a big believer in simplicity. I've always been shocked why the car industry has, every car has 15 colors, seven interiors, six wheel sizes, 120 options. So it's, it's so complex to order a car. And we said, let's make it brutally simple, like void, like lime and say, our car is black or blue and that's it and all options are in make it so simple it's become so complex to choose a car it's almost frustrating and i think simplicity can be premium i always tell my team and my colleagues if you find a cool sorry to say the name prada jacket you don't go to the counter and say i want it in brown with blue buttons you right. either like it or you don't so <laughs> premium brands do that why can't the car industry do that it's only available in black and blue so there i think yes we have similarities where we are different is that we don't want to be the type of brand or product that we park in hundreds on the street mm. and then just use it because then we also see that people treat these products with a type of negligence if i can say so and they drop them and we want uh, we want a type of sharing that is different where more people say this is my car and i'm ready to share it with friends or people that i know or people that i trust but not we are going to put 100 cars in the street and just use it when you want to. We, we think that is, and I'm not saying the one is right and the other is wrong. I'm just saying it's a different kind of sharing. And we've deliberately opted for the more, or should I say, exclusive or more premium type of sharing with more less risk for abuse. I agree that uh, less options uh, for sure can be premium, but but I think even Apple has a, a, a few choices of phones, uh, whereas you have only one choice of cars. Will we see more options when it comes to Lincoln Co. in the future? Yeah, we, we yeah, we think there's there's opportunity. In in our case, I would almost say the less cars, the better. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we will only have one car in the future. I I would. I would be surprised if you would ever see more than three car options for Lincoln Co. I think it will always be one and two, maybe a third one, but really very lean. And we will definitely, and that's for, for us part of our strategy, continue to keep it brutally simple. One or two colors, no options. When you choose our car, everything is in it. So you don't, you don't have to be afraid like, oh damn, I should have ordered this option, I forgot it. Now I'm stuck with it for the next years. Uh, first of all, you're only stuck with it for one month in our case. And secondly, it's got everything. So you didn't miss anything. <laughs> so with this sort of uh, subscription model or uh, I'm sorry, membership model, as you call it, um, there is no 
uh, you can basically sign off anytime you like as as a member. You don't. There's no fixed. Uh, you have don't have to sign up for two years or or, or sort of lock yourself in, uh, which I'm I'm sure is great for the consumer of this, but I'm sure it's a challenge for the company. Uh, you you I'm sure you have to reach a certain uh, um, amount of members to to for this to be able to. Uh, to be a success. So what does success look like to you? What's what's sort of the next milestone for Lincoln Co where where you feel like now we've made it? Exactly. So of course our first step is awareness that people know about us. Uh, starting a new brand is is not easy uh, and takes money and takes time. Uh, we want to do it in a very different way. We're not going to do any of the traditional marketing tools like TV, newspapers, etc. We go online predominantly. We had to hope to go also with events, but there are no events for the moment. So we're basically online driven. For us, the first step is, is get people to know us and, and become members because we need a critical mass of cars also on the road so that they can be shared. So we will also offer a free membership where you don't need to pay an amount of money and you don't need to own a car, but you do have access to all our advantages and can share the car. We don't offer that yet because then we overpromise and underdeliver. Mm. If you become then member and you don't see a car in your neighborhood, you say, why did I become member? There's no cars that I can use. So we want to first create a certain critical mass and to create that critical mass to become a, a brand that people talk about, I think that's for us the, the first step to create that critical mass. So you mentioned sustainability. You mentioned the club has uh, products you can buy that are sort of sustainability uh, minded. Uh, how do you think about that when it comes to your own product? You, you said you both have petrol and electricity. What's the sort of uh, thinking and strategy there? Yeah, we, so we, we believe uh, we want the car to become as sustainable as possible. If you ask me today, is our product the most sustainable car in the world? I don't think so. And I think we need to be honest by that. We just say we are going to push it as far as it can in this industry. Uh, to, to quote an example, I think we're the only car that doesn't have leather seats. We don't want to use leather. Instead, we have a product a fabric called Econil, which is made from recyclable uh, fishing nets. Uh, and we want to continue in that way. Our car is only available as hybrid, plug-in hybrid and normal hybrid. Uh, in the future, we will have only full electric cars. If you ask me why not today, because as I said, we want to be hassle-free, super simple. And according to our view, a pure electric car today is not the simplest solution because there simply are not enough charging stations in Europe. So it's a, it's a good solution if you have several cars. If it's your only car, it's, it's definitely not yet the best technology out there. So we wanted to wait for go full electric until the infrastructure is there. Uh, but yes, it is clearly our ambition for the car, the materials used in the car, the way it's manufactured, the way it's utilized to go full in the uh, sustainability angle. Alan, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I'd like to end on a, a perhaps a little bit more personal question. I'm just so curious, you, with, with all your vast experience of the car industry and you're developing and trying to really push the envelope of what you can do as a mobility company, uh, 
you mentioned the 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 car industry needs to to develop are there old colleagues that are sort of uh, pissed off at you for 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 bad mouthing the car industry have you you must have known people that are like stop stop saying like this uh, about us well the, i have to admit there are some there are some yeah and i and i looked uh, some people internally said what the hell are you doing are you crazy on the other hand i must say i'm i'm motivated by the fact that there's more of them are saying finally Mm. Finally, somebody's doing it. So that's what motivates me more than the others pull me down. So, <laughs> and look, I've always said there's always more reasons not to do something than to do something. But if there's reason enough to do it, you should go ahead anyway. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's a that's a great note to end on. Alan uh, Visser, CEO of Lincoln Co. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and talking about your company. Thank you very much, Conrad. Thank you. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Eric Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.